Life is full of questions. It's full of twists, turns, and complex issues to try to figure out. You need answers. Welcome to The Financial Answer with Nathan O'Brien. Hit it. You'll hear us discuss the pitfalls and common investing mistakes we see people make and encourage you to think about solutions to some of the problems and question marks you might face in your own financial life. So let's get to the show. Welcome into another edition of The Financial Answer with Nathan O'Brien and myself to talk a little psychology on this episode of the podcast. We've got the psychology of investing in the wake of historic market crashes. So kind of a crash course, if you will, we're going to go through this. All right. Uh, Nathan, I know you love this kind of stuff. You're very into um, the psychology of why we should be doing things, not just the the trendiness and yeah. you know, a lot of the stuff that <laughs> that's right that you use in your practice. Right? It's really like, hey, let's let's go with you know years of 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 uh, actual information versus yeah. just you know winging. Well, it. that yes, I mean that that's what we see that works over time. We see that you know that I mean really, there's not a whole lot of reliable stuff out there besides using that. <laughs> and so right. that's uh, that's what we try to do and, and follow that stuff going forward. And also just the, you know, looking at history, it really helps us with our behavior. It seems like, you know, yeah. just kind of checking ourselves and saying, okay, this is not the first time we've seen, you know, markets do this or whatever and um, positive or negative. It doesn't necessarily have to be the negative stuff. That's that tends to be where people panic. But um, but yeah, I, it's uh, it's interesting to me. It always has been. Love it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. What we're going to do is we're going to I want you to kind of help us apply some of that. OK, to our yeah. conversation. So we're going to go look at some and we'll do this kind of quickly. We won't you know belabor the points or anything, but we want to go through. Uh, some of the big moments, right, and, mm. and look at the psychology yeah, of, the, and maybe the lasting impact that it can have on people in their relationship with money. Oh, yeah, that's great. And yeah. con- you know, kind of contrast that a little bit, right, with some more recent studies, because clearly, since the pandemic, I mean, I think people's attitudes about many things have shifted in a lot of very interesting and strange ways. Not always for the better, yeah, certainly not for the right. better in a lot of places. But we're going to talk about some, look at some things differently uh, from all the way back to the to the Great Depression. So we'll start there. Well, that's right? the big one. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, and yeah. so people, I mean, I think we felt like what was going to happen here almost 100 years later with the COVID crash was yeah. going to be very similar. It I was know. not. It was not. Thank goodness. But they, I think that was the feeling that many people had. So. Yeah. Great Depression, 1929 to 1939, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Not yes. too many people left forever. Right. And we were, we're complaining about a you know one-year decline now, yeah, and was, this was yeah, 10. 10 years, yeah. <laughs> uh, but and so to that point, actually, yeah, it's, this, this scarred folks for life. This is oh, probably yes, our absolutely. listeners, possibly their parents, maybe their grandparents, depending yeah, on Yeah, I mean, age. this really, this was something I ran into when I first became an advisor 20 years ago. Right. You know, it, this was, I would see people that, had the impact still on their minds from this because they grew up with this. Oh yeah, oh. my my in laws. Um, the house that my uh, in laws live in is the house he was born and raised in. Yeah, and his mom and dad were Depression era. Uh, oh yeah, people. And yeah. their basement, and this is out in Wyoming, is jammed full like it, it's a pack like a pack rat kind of thing. Okay, right? okay. Like, because she kept his mother kept everything because that's okay. what you did. Yeah. Right? Because you never yeah. knew if you were going to have a chance to get something else again. Yeah. So their basement is just full. And of course, he he's just very nostalgic. I think he just can't kind of part with whatever is down right. there. You know, but but that's how it affected his mom, which then again yeah. affected him because my father-in-law is very much in that same mode. Like he's that, he, however his parents were financially and with mm-hmm. items, he mm-hmm. is as well, right? Oh, because okay. that's what he saw. Okay. 
Okay. And that's the way that psychology affects us, right? It does. It does. Yeah. I mean, that's what, you know, if you really grew up with this or saw your parents with this, like you're, like you were talking about, Mm -hmm. I mean, that had an impact on them. They probably, I would say they probably never invested in stocks because of that. You know, they, they were probably scared of that or really, really ultra conservative. And that's what I saw a lot because, you know, it just was so devastating at that point and it wiped out so much that people were like, no, that, that market is evil. It's not something that, you know, we want to participate in. And they just felt like that their entire life. And so having, um, you know, basically having issues with that was, was what they struggled with throughout the rest of their life. And then, um, then we had the seventies and eighties with inflation. And so, you know, fortunately CDs kind of hung in there cause that's where everybody was investing at that time, mm-hmm. you know, because they were scared of stock still at that point. So not everybody, right, but right. everybody that had that mentality there. So, um, it was a tough, really tough time on, on the American economy. And so that, I mean, it's understandable that people felt like that for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Cause that one was pretty stark, right? So that was, Absolutely. that was kind of the first one. So getting severely burned can certainly leave that psychology impression. And of course you wind up passing that on to your, your heirs as well. And sometimes a lot of times, yes, yeah, sometimes, right. you know, obviously my father-in-law took that from his, his parents, but my wife, his daughter did not. Right. So she saw yeah. it because she was raised in a different period, even though he had those traits, she did not. So let's let's move onward here a little bit, and we'll go to World War II. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, the okay. era of the you know, the booming market, right? Yeah, so crazy returns. Yeah. At, right. <laughs> after the war, everything, right. which is where right. we get all the boomers from, too. Most of our listening audience probably boomers and Gen that's Xers, right. right? Yeah. So right. everybody came home. They were just happy to be alive, right? Let's make <laughs> babies right. and let's were great. Yes. Let's, yeah, let's yes. make money, right? So. No, that's right. And the market was recovering from the Great Depression at that time, too, and just all these good things. So uh, excessive returns returns in the market, you know, just way up there. And so a lot of times I think what happened is people feel like um, the market's going to just be the savior, <laughs> you know, right. and and do everything they need over time. And so maybe a little too much hope, too much faith in the market over that time for the for the excess returns, you know, that that were there. So um, they have seen, I would say, the, definitely the baby boomers have seen some some rough times in the market, uh, you know, over their life. But um, but that was just a that was a really crazy good time because the market was recovering so well. I think it was, you know, sixteen percent a year or whatever for a long time um, that the market was was making. So good, really strong times. But it can also lead to or lead to a little bit more optimism than should be there. People taking more risk than they should. Right, right. So then yeah. we move into the 80s. You kind of touched on a little bit. The 70s and the 80s. Yeah, yeah right? That's right. And Interest uh, rates were, were at really crazy high. <laughs> well, and even now, we could throw that in there, right? We can, yeah, yes, What's going on yes. right now. But, you know, if, if your first exposure... And this was my my situation, Nathan, as a as a mm-hmm. teen in the eighties, mid eighties, yeah. uh, yeah. late eighties, was you know I got a savings account and it was like I don't know thirteen or fourteen percent. <laughs> that was pretty sweet. <laughs> That's whenever amazing. I, you know, yeah, now that I was that to make a lot of money, right? So I put like ten dollars in my yeah, savings account, right. each but it's doubling, you know. But I was like. That's right. Yeah. You're like, this is easy. This is the easy game. And, and <laughs> I think I've always been a little more comfortable with the concept of making or spending money because of that. Right. So they, there's yeah. that psychology yeah. bit again, where it's kind of like I grew up in an era where 
well, right, we, you know, you're just a couple years younger than me, so it was kind of that, yeah. what do they call it, you know, the 80s, you had the yuppies or the me generation, right. they called us for right. a while, they called us right. that, because it was like, gimme, 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 gimme. Yeah. Because it yeah, was, because things were easy. Yes, it was. And and I think, you know, that's what we saw with bank interest rates really, really high at that time. And so people felt confident with that. They were making 12% on their CDs and things like that. And so the money's doubling all the time. And people just got comfortable with that. Even though inflation was high, they would still see that that number doubling and, you know, every six years at a 12% rate of return. So it's, it just gives an overconfidence in the banks at that point. And then really from, from that point for the next 40 years, we saw interest rates declining, you know, and, and went down for a really long time frame. So uh, people eventually learned uh, with that, but uh, the confidence that was in banks was um, was almost overwhelming at that point, and people would would just go to say CDs or or annuities or things like that because interest rates were just so high in those mm-hmm. things. Guaranteed. Yeah. Well, so everybody's living high on the hog. Things yeah. are going great in the eighties, right. and then we did have <laughs> another pretty big black swan event, which was Black right. Monday, right, uh, nineteen eighty seven. So what's a little yeah. what's a little story here? Yeah, so market fell astronomically. We don't know why. I mean, it's even today. We still don't know what happened in 2008 either, you know, exactly on those things. Right. And so, um, you know, 87, the market fell, I think the Dow fell 22%. In that a day. One day. In a day. Yes, yeah. yes, that, that one day. So uh, people, of course, were panicking because of just – you know, the people were thinking Great Depression all over again. You sure. know, the market's tanking, all this stuff, everything, you know, pull your pull your investments out, go to cash, and the market bounced back, you know, super quick. But that impact, you know, just kind of was a reminder to people to be careful with how much risk you're taking. And that had a devastating impact on a lot of people. Um, it was short enough that it wasn't as big of an impact as we saw during the Great Depression or, you know, other market declines up until that point. It was just pretty quick. You know, well, it I wasn't like, as fast as the COVID decline, but it was yeah, no, uh, it definitely and, and was recovery. Quick. I but, think you get two sides of that, right? So you get somebody who maybe who's in 87, they were certainly still positive or, or around from the Great Depression. Yeah, so they, they're having yeah. that immediate panic attack of that. Right. But right. then others who saw it come back just fine the next day, maybe my age or a little bit older at that time would have been Hey, this this is just this a blip, right? So we can weather blips. So I think maybe it could embolden you to be fine with risk, right? Because you saw it happen really bad, and it sucked, but it was just for the one day. It was, and and you know, you know really at this point, you know, really before I think it was the late seventies when four hundred one ks were created, you know, and actually started being used. True. And so yeah. this was a you know approximately ten years after that that people had been using those and really had started maybe throwing more money in it over that time frame than they had in the past. And so they experienced that big, quick decline. And so just the shock factor there was impactful for a while for people. And so yeah, even though it was quick and short, it, it still made an impact on them. And, and you know, I mean, people had a guy ask me the other day about this, you know, Black Monday 40 years ago. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. You know, it's still thinking about it. Yeah. They, yeah, he is. He is. Well, and so it's still on people's minds. There you go. So then yeah. we move on. We're getting to the, we get to the dot com crash of 2000. Mm. Yeah. So now you think about this. So people who were in the depression, uh, at this point, they're certainly seniors. They're probably in their 70s. Right. Uh, at this point, you know, their kids, boomers, are right at about retirement age, right? Yes. Uh, maybe yes. not quite. You know, this, I guess the, the depression era, they're probably closer to like 75, 
75 to 78, something like 80, that right. kind of thing. Their right. kids are probably somewhere between 45 and 60, yep. right, because they're boomers. Uh, right. In 2000, I was, what, 20, 22 years old, right, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, 27 years old. 27, Either way. yeah. yeah. So, you know, okay. so again, you, you have these, because your age factors into this. It Nathan, does, right? Yes, so you have because the doc- that's when you're investing and when you're not, and, you know, right? And, and when yeah. you're in, like when you start to have that switch. So in in the 2000 dot mm-hmm. com crash, I still really wasn't worried about my retirement future because I wasn't still too young. I wasn't yeah. quite thirty yet. Right. I was pretty right. close to it. But yep. someone who was fifty five uh, saw an opportunity. Well, or even fifty said, "Ooh, man." This dot com thing, we're making money hand over fist. Yeah, I got to get <laughs> in on right. this, right? That's right. And yeah, I mean, you, we were seeing. Yeah, go ahead. No, <laughs> oh, no, then you got punched in the face. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, the late nineties were amazing with returns. I, I mean, people were expecting thirty five, forty percent a year. I mean, that was just because it happened for so long. <laughs> it's just, it is, it is nuts. And and but I remember, you know, this is when I was in college, and so. Um, we were studying this stuff all the time at that point. And, you know, tech stocks, it was not unusual for some tech stocks to make 100% a month. And so um, you were seeing those things just double super fast, super quick, and people were just going crazy with this stuff. Right. Um, and, and throwing astronomical amounts of money there. And then we had the tech bubble burst, and that just really – 80% decline in the NASDAQ at that point, mm-hmm. which is tech stocks. And so just a tremendous decline, but a lot of companies, a lot Tons of, of bank companies yeah. went to zero. Yeah. Yes. And so people, a lot of people lost everything that they had invested during that time. So definitely that had an impact. And I think, I think that really helped people to me, it seems like they, because that's, when I became an advisor, you know, right around that time. Right, so, right. Um, so that really seemed like it helped people to diversify. And they really wanted to focus more on that at that point because overall the market really didn't do that bad. It was just textiles. A sector, you know? it, yeah. it was. It was just a sector of the market that was getting devastated. Now, 2001 with the terrorist attacks, that caused some issues too. And, and you know, with, I mean, that, that really impacted the market as well, but nothing like just that tech sector got the, got hit. Well, and so. for many people, so that's just, that's fairly recent. So you're talking 2000. So you're talking, you know, just, yeah, just 23 years recent. ago. Right. So oh. you could have been very tech wary, which right. would have not done well in this last bull run we've been on. That's the right. last 10 years because yeah. techs have done really well. However, right. if you stayed wary for 23 years, you could be feeling, hey, justified because 22 wasn't very good for tech stocks. It, it was tough. Yes. Right. You know, That's but for right. the most part, but you also then missed out on some incredible chance for some growth over a 20 year period once yes. that kind of started to recover. Yeah, uh, so let's go right. to the, the, the big, uh, the Great Recession, since mm, that's what we were okay. calling it yeah, in 2008, yeah. the housing bubble, basically, you yes. know. Obviously, again, same kind of principle, and I think where you can see where we're going with this is that the psychology of uh, of things that they're going to affect you depending on what age you are and when it happened to you. So for many right. people, yep. again, if you were fifty, yes, in nobody's forgotten two thousand eight. It, it, right. it's in that bracket. It yeah. has it, yeah. it did a lot of damage to you, especially yes. if you were fifty to sixty years old. Yes, if you were forty right. to fifty. You came out probably fine because right. while the while the recession, excuse me, stunk and you lost 40, 50 percent, the right. next 10 years, as we just alluded to, has been a great, We're great. 12 yeah. year bull run. It's right. been great. A- right. And now, Nathan, right? So now I am 52, yeah. right? 
Yeah. So I, I didn't care again about the Great Recession of 2008. Not that I didn't care, but I, I didn't panic, I right. suppose, right? Right. No, that's right. That's right. That was a tough time for me because I was a fairly new advisor at that point and just the, the scariness, I will say. Oh, I'm that, quite sure. You know, yeah. it was tough. and Because you're seeing it affect the, your clients and your- It was, right. yeah, definitely. I mean, the markets were down 50%. And so big declines in, in really a relatively short time frame. It was about a year, a little over a year that it was down like that. And so, um, you know, and then the recovery was just really slow. It seemed like it took four, I think it took four, four and a half years for the market to just get back up to that previous high. And so it was, it took off. (laughs) Yeah. And then it took off like crazy, like a rocket. And so, um, like you were saying, I mean, the, you know, the 30, 40 year olds, they don't really understand that. And they remember it. They don't see a, a negative impact on it, but 50, 60 year olds, you know, they definitely, um, recognized that, saw it, and it probably affected, I know of actually quite a few people that did not retire or ended up going back to work because of what happened to their portfolio in that 2008 time. So, And also um, probably got a very gun shy and maybe missed out yeah, on what became this course. fantastic that's run natural. of the yeah. last 12 years. No, that's right. That's right. And, and it just comes down to ultimately diversification is your friend, but it, it – it really does impact people's choices and decisions going forward when they experience something like that. And that's the thing that um, that's what all of this segment is about is just understanding how history, how these things impact your decisions. And so being aware of that and knowing that, Hey, this is a possibility. I don't need to be too aggressive because of my experience in the past, but also don't need to be too conservative because of that experience. And so um, you want to make good decisions with investing and that tends to pay off long-term always. And so, um, you know, don't focus like we were talking about with the tech stocks in the, you know, 20 years ago. Yeah, so you do got, that kind of stuff. You got the 30s, you got the 40s. Right. You know, you got you got these monumental moments. Now, granted, from the mid-40s to the 70s, people are like, well, did not much happen? Well, actually, in a lot of ways, it didn't. The market right. was, was really, I think I was reading something, I think all through the 60s, I believe. I don't believe 60s it. were flat for a little for, bit of time. Flat, yeah. Yeah. You yeah, know, so 70s and 80s. We, mm-hmm. And again, technology, right? So technology yep, seems to have right. been the indicator here. So we yes. had the depression. They fixed some things. They made some changes, whatever. Technology started after World War II, which is one it of the did. reasons why yep. the economy started to boom and the market started yeah. to boom. Yeah. And we didn't have another major kind of, uh, I guess, technological burst uh, <laughs> until the 80s with 70 mm-hmm. microchips, basically, right? right? Started yep. to blow things up. That's right. Yeah. Uh, then we saw them really explode with the Internet.com yeah. crash, right? Yes. You know, so you can kind of see this technology thing. Well, and we talked a little bit about the pandemic. It was a short downturn, so we're, we're going to kind of just move into wrapping up the conversation. But I think you can basically see now we're in another pretty interesting time period. We are. We're coming yeah. out a couple of years yeah. past a pandemic. We've right. got serious world conflicts going on. we got a lot of social upheaval again. we got a lot of different things happening. Uh, techs are struggling a little bit, but, you know, mm-hmm. there's always – there's always going to be ups and downs. I guess history is full of highs and lows. So the point right. is, how do you allow that psychology to affect you either positively or negatively? And one way I think that we do that, Nathan, is by working with a professional to help us sometimes keep some of our own biases at bay. That's right. Yes. And and honestly, I mean, it, it truly, we say this all the time, but it's so meaningful because it really comes back to your plan. 
If you do create a financial plan, retirement plan, that's going to help you survive and maintain during these times, you know, and stay disciplined during these times. Because as long as your plan is not assuming you're going to make 10 or 12% a year or 16% a year, like it was doing, you know, back in the, uh, in the forties. And so, you know, don't assume those things, assume conservative numbers with your plan and, and follow that, stay on track and you'll be fine. And it's going to be scary, that's the way the markets are. That's the way economies are. And so there's going to be great times where you're super excited to be in it. And there's going to be times that you wish you were in CDs. That's just how it works. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's what we experienced last year. And so, um, you know, the, the COVID crash and recovery was so fast. I think it impacted people in a negative way to me because they just expected everything to come back so quickly. And that's what I'm seeing now is we had a year of decline last year and then the market's not recovering immediately. And so people are like, oh, what's wrong here? What's mm -hmm. going on? And, right. and this is normal, completely normal what's happening now. Right. So, and we are recovering. But um, it's just, it's just you know, a little the, slower. It's yeah. a little slower than it was in 2020. So, yeah. But looking historically, it's fine. It's on track. But I and think that, we, have to treat, we, see. we have to treat 2020 as the anomaly that it was because, I mean, Absolutely. part of the reason that, you know, yeah. That it could have, it, it did rebound so fast. It was so pe scary. People then, go. Though. It was super. People yeah. the overreaction to some things and the yes. underreaction to other things. Yes. That's and right. And then also, then everyone starting to come back online and work really kind of started to, to spin that back around too, right? It did. And, yes. And so the right. off and on with that over the last couple of years has certainly caused a lot of you know fright. And of course, the right. the market right. doesn't like a lot of volatility, and we've had a lot of volatility. So. <laughs> You know, right. kind of it kind of all yes, plays yeah. out. So at the end of the day, you you really do have to have that strategy, uh, and you know, obviously the planning process is important. But as I say all the time, I think the value to me is also being able to talk with someone uh, yes. who helps right. you with your own biases, and not to mention, especially talking to someone who has actually seen ups and downs. You know, we joked for a while, Nathan. We've been doing the podcast for a while, and you know, there's advisors who have come online since, let's say they started their practice in 2010. Well, up yeah. until 2022, yeah. they never, they didn't even know what a negative, you know, negative market was negative really. Year. Yeah. That's you know? right. That's so, right. I mean, you can go, you've been in business for 10 years and everything's been rosy. So I think sometimes having that person with the objectivity, but also the experience to go, okay, yes, there has been some rough weather, but here's how we can hopefully, you know, manage the storm. Yes, that's exactly right. And, and I mean, that's, that's what an advisor's job is, I feel like. Yeah. And so I mean, we try to do that tremendously for people and help them understand this is not, you know, investing is not just a short-term um, objective. It is long-term. So you're looking at this for the rest of your life, making sure that you're doing the right things, making the right decisions with that. So um, long-term, it works. It works great. There you go. And that's the point. You got to have that long-term strategy. You got to have that planning strategy. And if you need some help, as always, reach out to Nathan before you take any action. Uh, thanks for walking down this history lesson with us here on this episode of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, find him online at thefinancialanswer.com. That's thefinancialanswer.com. If you need some help, if you've got some questions, get yourself some time on his calendar and have that conversation. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button on whatever podcasting app you like to choose, or you like to use, I should say, Apple, Google, Spotify, whatever it might be. And we'll catch you next time here on The Financial Answer. Thanks for hanging out, my friend. Yeah, same to you. We'll catch you next time right here on the podcast.
O'Brien & Associates is a registered advisory firm in Tennessee. This show is intended for information and educational purposes only. Consult with a qualified advisor before taking any action.